Are you a fan of Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores podcast? Do you want to support the show and show off your love for LTGW? Look no further than You Can Do Merch Store, brought to you by host and creator, Nancy Adair. Do you suppose we'll hear stories about addiction? We might. Oh. Stories about recovery, too? Mm, but mostly stories about how addiction turns smart, sensitive people into liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Liars? And thieves? And gluttons and whores. Oh, liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Really want you to know that this is um, the first time that I'm recording live on Facebook for the LTGW podcast. And um, you are officially on the air with me, Nancy Adair. And I am the host and creator of Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores, the podcast that brings you stories from both the dark side and the light side of addiction and recovery. And today I have a returning guest with me, Lori Lynn Armstrong who is recovering herself and also does tarot readings, among other things. I'll, I'll let her tell you a little bit more. Um, what we're going to do tonight is some single card readings for people that comment on Facebook and say that they want a reading. So I have done that many times before, done single card readings live on Facebook, but I've done it from Facebook, not from on Zoom. So I have my um, virtual assistant standing by to communicate with me on my phone through Messenger uh, when she sees comments or when people identify that they would like the reading. The way I have done this in the past is um, the first five to 10 people that say they want a reading, uh, get one because I have only so much energy <laughs> to give. And I have uh, two decks with me um, tonight. And I imagine that Lori Lynn, that you have a tarot deck um, at your fingertips. I, I, sh I shuffled three. I can get another deck or two if I need to. Okay. Wonderful. Um, so, <laughs> Erica just said, Happy Halloween and hi, Nancy and Laura. So, the reason why um, we are doing this tonight is because today, um, being November 1st is right after Samhain um, or Halloween, um, All Hallows Day, and, um, and All Saints Day is usually tomorrow on the calendar, I believe, and All Souls Day. And my understanding is this is the time of year when the veils between worlds are the the smallest or the thinnest. Um, so why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, Lori Lynn, and also um, share anything of your understanding about why these veils are thin or how that impacts doing readings for people. 
Well, hi, I'm Lori Lynn Armstrong, and uh, I used to be a scientist, and I used to be a therapist in training. I also am a drug addict in recovery, and someone who lives with a mental health condition. All of these things contribute to a rather eclectic life. And Nancy was kind enough to have me on the podcast a while ago talking about recovery and tarot. So, and my understanding of this time of year is similar to yours, Nancy. I don't have a lot of knowledge, but I know that in pagan tradition and druidic tradition, these cycles of the seasons uh, are very important in the balance of, you know, spiritual forces. And in several cultures, there's a holiday that has to do with honoring the dead or contacting the dead or feeling the presence of the dead. So it does seem apropos since we in recovery have a close relationship with death. Most of us have lost people. Most of us have narrowly escaped its clutches ourselves. You know, I didn't even think about that perspective when I was um gearing up for this night, I was thinking I'd like to put people at the top of the list who are in recovery themselves in some way honoring our community. And then I realized that if I had people sign up as I have in the past, and they were patiently waiting their turn, I didn't want to bump them. You know? <laughs> so um, I really appreciate what you just said, Lori Lynn, is, you know, that we have a special relationship as addicts in recovery with death itself. You know, we have uh, many of us, I know I came close, um, not only close to deciding to take my own life because I didn't feel like uh, I could keep going. Um, I also think that I danced with death by just making crazy decisions like how many times I drove drunk and in a blackout. And as a young teen, I thought it was funny to not know how I got home and I was the one that drove myself home. And um, a friend of mine and I used to have a game that we played when I was going to school in, um, you know, that was before going to, it was in high school. We played a game where we stopped at every green light and ran through every red light for fun. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't honestly know if I was high at the time um, or whether it was just the crazy thinking of a young teenager and addict. Um, so, and, you know, and all the listeners know that have listened to some of the early podcasts that I lost my nephew almost, um, you know, at the 18th of this month um, was the death date of my nephew, David, who died of an overdose. And, you know, it's just so sad to have it come so close. And my son's father died 21 years ago um, in February and, uh, wasn't clear if that was intentional or a, a drug overdose or, you know, 
what happened, but I say he died in relapse to addiction. Um, so yes, it takes on a very personal form for many of us. I believe it touches virtually everyone, whether you're an addict yourself or everybody knows one, has lost one, has been hurt by one, is worried for one. You know, I think we're all connected in that way. And I wanted to comment too on that, on the, you know, the idea that addiction touches everyone. I had someone respond to um, one of my invites to uh, just check out the podcast. You know, I was sending a, a promotion to all Facebook friends and and someone said, I have no addiction, you know, and and they seemed a little offended by my invite to the podcast. And then I said, um, you know, I'm sorry if that offended you. I know that addiction touches everyone's life in some way. And then she wrote back and just poured her heart out about, you know, how it had impacted a family member. And um, I was so glad that I didn't shy away from that kind of like, oh, if somebody takes offense, I don't want to say anything more. Um, I'll just drop them from the list and and um, I was really glad. And it, it made me feel all the more dedicated to why I'm doing the podcast in the first place, mm. uh, to build on this beautiful community of recovery. And one of the things that's happened, um, um, I'm just checking in with Erica. She said, there's no one listening yet. <laughs> so, you know, we may see it's, it, it is a Tuesday night. Um, who knows, but, um, um, you and I, I think we can do a reading for each other and a reading for recovery community as we did on the podcast. And, um, and I lost my train of thought about the, the podcast itself. Um, Oh, I know it. It's that I started looking at other people's Instagrams that were based on recovery. And I found that there's so much more out there than I realized. You know, I've been in recovery um, later this month. It'll be 42 years that I've been sober. And um, I'm not really looking to engage in that support the way that I once was so dependent on it. Um and one of the um, Instagram's accounts, they have people holding up signs with 30 days sober or six years sober. And, um, and it's just such a great celebration. I feel uplifted every time I see it. So um, it's great. There really is a lot out there. I, I, I have a blog on uh, WordPress and... I have a lot of fun reading, you know, you can search under tags, you can search under addiction or other tags and you see so many, you know, personal, you know, day by day, sometimes accounts of someone who's beginning their recovery or navigating a tough phase of it. And yeah, in this modern time, we just have so many ways to share 
our experience that weren't available to us before. The internet has a lot of difficulties and downsides, but it has also opened doors that people just did not have. Yeah. Yeah, I've never really been aware of the downside. What? Cooper, do you want a card reading? Is that what you want? (laughs) Tennis ball for you. There you go. Does Cooper have a favorite deck? Um, Not that I'm aware of, but I do want to say Cooper was born on Halloween. Really? Yep. He was one of two males in the litter and they initially named them um, Trick or Treat and he was Trick. (laughs) I renamed him Cooper, but I love Mm -hmm. that he's got, you know, this uh, legacy of being Trick. And um, yeah, so yesterday he um, turned two. So we're celebrating with adult dog food. <laughs> As a friend said, he's a big boy now. Um, do you have a question that you would like me to answer with a single card reading, Lori? Or would you like to do a single card for me or for the recovery community? Oh, we we could do any of those. I think, I think any question that I would ask the cards today would be fairly general. I don't have a yes or no question in mind, just maybe message about what, what does my recovery need today? Or Ooh, I like that. That. And maybe it will be, what does my recovery need today? will give listeners an idea of asking that question of a divination tool. You know, and one thing that I do want to say as we um, go along here too is what is a is a tarot deck? You know, like there are people that may be listening that have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm reading from either one of two tarot decks tonight, the golden tarot. Uh, this way which i think have lovely images um i've really come to my love for the tarot through the art um Mm -hmm. as an artist so um and then the other deck that i have is my um real standby deck it's called mother peace the um oh yes it is our by vicky noble um oh it's one of my favorite cards was the image that just fell off the back, which is the magician. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. So, so let's do that. Let's do one card that for you, Lori Lynn, is about what would help be most helpful for your recovery right now. What yeah. I often take that approach, you know, almost just like asking who wants to talk to me? Which which mm-hmm. figure of the tarot wants to offer me guidance? You know, kind of thing. You know. Okay, great. Um, so I'm just looking at where I can spread the cards. I usually spread the cards with one hand and choose the card with the opposite hand, my non-dominant hand. Mm-hmm. And I got two in one pick, so. <laughs> that's always fun read two cards 
and we'll look at uh, the enlightened and the shadow principle too that might come clear. Um, so one is the 10 of coins. Mm. Um, okay, Cooper. Yes, I, love <laughs> um, I was just away on an art retreat over the weekend. I'm trying to get this stable. Uh, let's see. There we go. Um, and so Cooper was being looked after by a family that mm -hmm. that cares for him. And so today is his first day back home and it's kind of giving me lot, lots and lots of kisses. So um, the tarot is made up of 78 cards that are um, major arcana cards, the court cards, or I call them the messenger cards, and then the daily cards, um, or number cards, minor arcana, and um, tens in numerology and in tarot is the first um, number that can be reduced from 10 to 1. So the, um, the 10 of coins, coins is with all the tarot, it's also based on the four directions and the four elements of um, earth, fire, water, and air. And coins represent the earth element. Um, they also represent, you know, literally uh, finance, support, um, the making of money, the transformation through the making of money, and um, and I love depicted in this card are four women all um, doing different functions. One is um, collecting fruit from a fruit tree. Another is reading. Uh, third is playing a, an instrument, a lute. And the fourth looks like she's um, doing some form of preparing food um, seeds maybe planting seeds. So um, they really represent the community that supports each other and how necessary it is for there to be multiple avenues of support. Mm -hmm. One that might harvest and one that might plant and one that might play music and um, one that reads and in this What's depicted is a um, you know a very old um, old century kind of uh, clothing, and so reading at that time was very spiritual. Um, there were few people that were not among what were called the pagans who read. You know, mm -hmm. uh, that was one of the um, functions of the priest were that they were educated and could read. Yeah. So, and the other card that came at the same time is the two of swords. Uh, swords representing the element of air and communication and twos being in numerology all about balance. So both of these cards that were chosen for Lori Lynn are about daily process, daily function, um, staying in balance mentally, <laughs> um, 
And I'm chuckling because recently I've been taking a look at all the different stories that I tell myself, you know, which what's running through my mind and then comparing it to what I know to be factual in situations, you know, where it's really funny um, the difference between the stories that I can manufacture and the facts. Um, so, so I think that that's part of the balance of keeping yourself centered in your mind and in what you communicate and really look at the balance of, especially when you're um, divided in a decision or an action. And then the transformation that money and nurturance and um, every kind of support, it doesn't have to be financial alone, can bring about. Um, so what might that stir in you <laughs> well i think it's um i think it's very apropos um i often associate the you know i often associate the ten of coins with um well i have no money <laughs> let's just leave, let's just start with that i mean pentacles for me pentacles or coins for me often have more to do with other sort of, you know, nuts and bolts of daily life and home and chores and, you know, things of that nature. And I associate the 10 of this suit with, you know, family life, you know, everyday family life, the support family and friends give each other. And so for that to come up with me, it makes a lot of sense because like many people, isolation is one problem for me, especially when I'm not feeling well. And I'm not always good at reaching out and asking for help, even from the people who live in the same house with me. I'm trying to, I'm trying to help them. I'm trying to do a good job. I'm trying not to be a burden, you know, and I can dig myself into a hole that way, especially when I have a hard time focusing, um, which I think the two of swords might be a nice little reminder of because I'm one of those people. Part of it is my brain chemistry and part of it is my personality perhaps that tends to have a lot going on in my head, maybe even a lot of exciting projects happening or a lot of different things that I could be doing or should be doing. And I have a heck of a time narrowing it down, picking one and working on it in a balanced fashion. So those are nice little reminders, um, you know, use the support that's around me and, you know, let the, uh, let the clarity of the swords guide me toward balance. Mm -hmm. a lot of sense. And maybe reach out to a friend. <laughs> Don't just stew in my family and, and expect, you know, Expect everything to happen within the walls of my house. Got to get out sometimes. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, I think that's, uh, you use the word apropos. I think that's apropos with where we are 
in the world today, not that COVID's over, and yet in the US, 80% of people have had the virus and there is a herd, um, not mentality, but um, immunity, you know, that's created so that at least the uh, impact and effects are lessened. Um, that at least in in the raging numbers at the beginning of the pandemic, people are not dying in those numbers. Um, they're getting sick and feel awful for a few days and generally feel better. There are some long-term COVID effects that I wouldn't wish on anybody. Um, Absolutely. And unfortunately, the number of times you have it does matter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's still well worth taking precautions and, you know, but you're right that the culture is changing and that, you know, well, there it is. It is shifting and it is shifting from a period of isolation mm-hmm. into back into community. And, you know, I loved one of the things that I absolutely loved during um, COVID was being able to rely on 12 step meetings over Zoom. And I don't think there's ever been as great anonymity as there has been during this time when you can put up a different name, you don't have to put your image up um, on video to join a, a Zoom meeting and you can listen in. And I just thought that's, that's really wonderful, um, a wonderful reach. And we had so many people from all over the globe in different meetings that you know, my, the extension, I know for me personally, I've done prior to the pandemic, I was doing a lot of traveling and I would meet up with people in 12 step communities all over the world and was fortunate enough to lead a meeting in Wellington, New Zealand on Christmas Mm -hmm. day. And I think it was 2020. And um, I led a meeting in Bristol in the UK and it, it's, you know, it was really fun to meet up with fellows that I have had contact with for many years, but hadn't met in person um, and or had met in person, but hadn't qualified at their home meetings. And um, so that's something that I, I very much enjoy and I enjoy it about Zoom. And this is a period of time where people are coming out of that isolation. And I'm finding my own anxiety elevated again, you know, social anxiety about getting along and, um, you know, making decisions in groups of people about travel or (laughs) all kinds of things that I haven't had to deal with for a while. So, um, Anything more that you want to say about those couple of cards or shall we move on to another? No, I I think uh, they're good messages. Thank you. You want me to do one for you? I would love it. And then I also asked Erica, my assistant, and she said, sure, she'd love a a reading. So, um, you know. Do you have a particular uh... question? I do have a particular question. Um, because I'm in the midst of maybe starting something, um, a relationship. And I want to ask the questions, a yes or no question, the cards, a question, um, just to clarify for the listening audience. Um, 
I believe the cards really like the clarity of yes or no questions. They don't then answer a yes or no question, which is kind of like a trick or <laughs> you know, situation. Um, but what I want to ask them is, am I ready? Um, now, I'm not talking about, is this the person that I want to be in relationship with? But am I now ready? Because I feel ready um, to enter in a relationship um, that's val of value to me and will be healthy um, for both of us and for the relationship as a whole. And I want to ask the cards because I know that the cards will tell me, um, they won't tell me yes or no, but they will tell me and they will give me guidance if it's if it's what I call one of the heebie-jeebie cards, like the death card or the <laughs> hanged man or the tower, um, that there is work to be done. Mm -hmm. And I might ask you to ask a follow-up question if that's the case, like what's the work? So sounds good. Okay. Well, what we've got here is the seven of wands. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> And Here's thank a, you for sharing the image too. It's yeah. like these seven wands building a pyre, um, a, fl a flame. I've always been very fond of the seven of wands. Um, you know, wands, of course, being the fiery energy, passion, determination, action. Um, and the seven, I mean, in the deck I studied at the beginning, the deck many of us study, the Rider Waite Smith deck. The Seven of Wands has a person standing, you know, holding a staff, and there's wands in the ground behind them. They look like they're defending their ground, you know, the the, the fierceness of battle. And you know, to me, the Seven of Wands can be about courage, about standing one's ground, about a lot of these things, and you know, looking at it from my own perspective and thinking about Nancy's question, it feels very positive to me because for me, this speaks of the strength and courage to, to have a strong sense of boundaries and to, uh, to passionately care for oneself and take care of one's own needs. Uh, it sounds to me like Nancy would not be going into this with an attitude of trying to win someone's favor or or please someone else at the cost of her own comfort or compromising any of her principles. It sounds like, you know, um, it sounds like, you know, she would be going into this with an attitude of you know, I am who I am. And this is, this is me. This is what I need. This is what works for me. This is what will not work for me. And if we hit it off, fine. And if not, well, you know, I got my wands. <laughs> That's, and uh, 
I think it's neat that in this deck, the wands actually are on fire. <laughs> you know, they actually are, you know, a flame, you know, being, being a little pyre here. And that looks very passionate to me. It almost looks like a, a heart that's been, mm. you know, set on fire. So, you know, perhaps whatever happens in this relationship or a future one, there will be some access to uh, some very strong, you know, passion and uh, fiery energy, as opposed to a relationship that is, you know, perhaps a little more uh, contained or controlled. But yeah, I, uh, you know, I don't think I've ever really studied the Seven of Wands card closely from this deck before. So this is cool. Um, anyway, so that's that's my take on it. What did you feel when you first saw what the card was? Well, when I saw the image, I felt the same thing. Uh, not heart on fire, although I really appreciate that. I just saw the passion. And when I think about sevens, I think about initiation mm. and and luck literally. And, um, and when I think about wands, you know, so I teach tarot. (laughs) And when I teach it, I teach, you know, wands are the element of fire, because sticks make fire. And they also you build things with sticks. And um, so it's about manifestation and, and building. So I think I appreciate everything you said, especially going back to the Rider Waite Smith deck and um, and talking about the position of strength and speaking um, and holding one's boundaries. I think that's really the work that I have had to do um, mm-hmm. to create what I hope will be healthy relationships um, of all kinds, not just romance, but in sister relationships and um erica did tell us that there are a few people viewing the facebook live so i just want to say a shout out to thank you (laughs) for viewing it and um and we will have the um the podcast recording available however if you do want us to select a single card reading for you just put yes in the comment section and erica will let us know um, your first name only and that you'd like a reading and um, we'd be glad to to pull a card for you and um, why don't we pull a card from the mother peace deck for erica um, and erica if you have a um a question in mind if you you might want to jot it down and share it with me but we will um choose a card randomly and um, and then if you do have a question, we can interpret to that question. Um, I just don't know what the delay is from the Philippines to my getting that. Um, oh, she's writing right now, so. <laughs> All right, and I am, again, I'm using the mother piece round deck, which um, I love. That's very feminine to me to have a round deck. And oh, and by the way, the deck I just used was called the Lily White Tarot. I always like to give credit to the yeah, me the too. deck makers. Anyway, that's what that was. 
And in fact, what we've both done saying that um, we learned from the Rider Waite Smith is to give Smith, do you remember her first name? Pamela Coleman Smith. Pamela Coleman Smith. Thank you very much, Lorelyn. Yes. Um, she um, did all the illustrations for what has become known as the Rider Waite deck instead of the Rider <laughs> Smith deck. And um, so for all of us feminists out there, we're including Smith. And please do if you talk oh. about that deck to anyone forming the long overdue habit of adding smith to the name yes so um erica asked a very um special and, and personal question about being ready um to give pregnancy another try after having miscarriages two miscarriages mm -hmm. well i want to tell you erica that you have one of the most beautiful cards in the deck it's um, the Six of Cups. Aw. Isn't that wonderful? What a wonderful card again. Oh. It's a wonderful card because it really represents the images of six people on horseback um, riding through the crest of a wave with the sun coming up behind it. And it really is about riding the eternal wave. Now, cups in tarot are the element of water, and they're also all about love. You know, and again, coming back to teaching by the basics, I say sticks make fire and cups hold water. <laughs> so very easy way to remember the elements. Um, six in numerology is always about blessings, and it's blessings of family predominantly. So you have a a beautiful card saying, yes, it is, it is time, you're ready, it's um, available to you. Um, and I, I love the way you framed the question, Erica, was, am I ready to give pregnancy another try? It's not, will I have a successful mm -hmm. pregnancy? It's really, am I ready? A am I in a position to trust the universe to go forward with a deep desire that I have? Um, and that um, the forward motion of the card too, having the six horseback riders, you know, riding through the wave, it's, it's like, um, I don't know if where you are in the Philippines, I know here in Maine, we can only get in the water for a short time, but <laughs> of the year, one of the things I love to do is to body surf. And in order to surf the wave, you've got to catch it right where they are in the image, like in the middle of the crest of the wave. Um, yeah. Cause that's what really pulls you forward. And I love the sensation of, ocean water going through my body when when I'm riding a wave and it ripples over you um it kind of feels like it ripples through you and it's just a a real time of change in the body um so Lori Lynn do you have messages to add to that reading for Erica oh well I, I agree that the way the question is framed is wonderful. It's a wonderful reflection of the fact that the only thing we really control is our own 
approach to the universe and our own, you know, our own self, you know, and, and it's wonderful. We, we when we can trust, uh, when, when our questions to the tarot reflect that, you know, and, um, when I think about the six of cups, you know, there's a sweetness to it. And often there is a feeling on the six of cups of the contact between generations in some ways. I mean, uh, as, as a newer student than Nancy, as I said, I'm highly influenced by some of the classic decks, including the Rider Waite Smith and the image on the six of cups you know, has, you know, cups of flowers being given, you know, from from one figure to another and some other things on it that that has this energy of things being transmitted from one person to another, perhaps from older to younger, perhaps or sometimes there's a feeling of nostalgia around it when I encounter it. And so again, very, I, I feel like it fits. Um, uh, it has a sort of circle of life feeling to me when, and when one is contemplating, you know, pregnancy and birth, it's that, that feeling of life's rhythm makes a lot of sense. Terrific. Thank you, Lori Lynn, for adding that. And, you know, when you said that about from one generation to another, I saw this six of cups, which I've already tucked back in the deck, so I won't go trying to pull up the image again, but it, and it has um, two sets of three figures riding horses. So one's on top mm. of the other, and that felt intergenerational when you said it. Mm, mm -hmm. um, and I've never oh, I'm, I'm ready to like, you know, paw through all my decks and look at all the sixes of cups yeah. because <laughs> so many artists have interpreted it in so many wonderful ways. Yeah. <laughs> Erica said, thank you to you as well. So, thank um, you Erica. and uh, and before we um call it good um i wonder if there are any general questions about recovery itself or recovery at this time of year you know one thing that just came to my mind as i said that out loud was that we're coming into the holiday season um, and for many, that's um, difficult, as well as, um, you know, it can be difficult to spend holidays, especially when you're newly sober, spending holidays with family members that drink and enjoy festive parties and um, the time from Thanksgiving being a family holiday through Christmas and New Year's Eve. You know? <laughs> um, I was just thinking back to five years ago. Um, I just became very, very, very sick on New Year's Eve. And I was, sorry, too much information. I was throwing up so hard that I passed out. I hit my head on the toilet and the floor of the um, room I was staying in a, like a hotel and, um, and, you know, came to with a good bump on my head and then just continued throwing up. And so, 
you know, at, shortly after that, I was um, posting in social media about how I, you know, threw up, passed out, hit my head, <laughs> and I did it all completely <laughs> sober on New Year's Eve. You know, <laughs> so, um, no excuses. Um, but it is a hard time for many people, and it's hard because people are enjoying themselves um, drinking, and it's also hard to decide not to do that and to isolate or be alone and feel the loneliness of staying away from family during the holidays. Mm. So maybe um, you could pull a card about um, what's the... I don't know how to form the question. You have any ideas about forming a holiday question for the? Um, no, I think uh, maybe just a card that sort of, you know, what do we need to remember? Mm. Or, you know, because for me, the holidays often when navigating this family stuff, and I'm one of those people who. <laughs> yeah. um, for me a lot of it is about remembering who I am mm. and you know that can be uh, it can kind of get drowned under a lot of different messages when you're in a chaotic environment with a lot of old sometimes toxic dynamics playing out and um, I just need to keep a very strong connection with my own identity and the things I've learned about myself so Maybe we maybe we could ask the deck, what do we need to remember? What do you want us to remember during this upcoming chaotic time? I like that idea. Mm. We have the three of wands. You know, all the cards tonight have been the number cards from the very I know. Yeah. lower you know and I kind of like that because what is recovery but one day at a time <laughs> the very yeah. practical yep. but putting a foot in front of the other learning to live you know I I don't know about you but I didn't know how to do the you know get up eat go to the store you know take care of people sleep repeat I was terrible at that kind of thing. My life always had to be about some apocalyptic drama. <laughs> Even if it was only happening in my own head, I, I don't do ordinary life very well. So I like when the minor arcana, you know, are kind of the major, the, kind of the main thing showing up in my readings. Cause I feel like the cards are guiding me in, you know, just simple. learning to be a human. Right. So tell me, Tell me how you feel about the three of wands. Um, well, I love the image that Lori is holding up an image of uh, it looks like a male figure holding one staff with two behind it, um, you know, facing with the back toward us as the audience, um, which really feels like it's facing the future. And what you said, um, what do I need to remember? I think we just talked about it. Remember that it's one day at a time. You know, he's holding on to one staff and there are two behind him, which feels like a 
almost like a doorway that um, that he's walked through toward a future self. Um, and what you need to remember is the past. Uh, there's actually an AA saying that we, one of the promises was we will not, um, not regret wish, the past or wish to shut the door on it. Regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so remember that you, where you've walked through from and look forward is the message that I feel from the three of one. Mm-hmm. And it really is about the very practical building of a new life. It really is. And, and I like that it's about, you know, looking forward and watching things develop because as I said, I'm one of those people, I, I'm in danger of losing touch with myself sometimes when things are dicey with other people and remembering that there is a future is very important. It it sounds odd, but when we're in the grip of powerful emotions or powerful compulsions or powerful just urges to escape, um, it can be hard to remember that this particular situation is going to pass and that there's life beyond it. Um, so that's, that's good for me to remember. <laughs> you know, I, I really like this, um, Lori Lynn, I, I'm, you know, I always have so many ideas in my head, but I'm like, maybe we could do this on a more regular basis, you know, <laughs> uh, it, whether or not people are asking for readings just to do readings, uh, general ideas, because so much right now is alive in me about the topics of sobriety and recovery. Um, Mm. You know, I was just thinking back to my question about readiness to be in a relationship and in recovery, there's a saying that you um, left off emotionally when you really started using heavily. Mm. And for me, you know, I, I really started heavily in my teen years, you know, and sometimes as a 66 year old woman, I still feel like a teenager. <laughs> like, oh, please, what's the next right thing? You know, what's the yeah. next right path? And help me. Well, I'm still trying to get out of preschool then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you, when you talked about recovery sayings about relationship, I was remembering the, the unofficial uh, advice that I've heard in meetings of, you know, year one, get a plant. Yes. Year two, get a pet. If they're both alive after two years, maybe start thinking about dating. (laughs) I I went on another tangent, which is um, the one where they say in, in sobriety, we often don't have partnerships we take hostages you know <laughs> oh yeah um so yeah. yeah yeah lots and lots of learning i do want to do one final card reading um which is based on the fact that in recovery it's strongly suggested that we have a higher power mm-hmm. and that it is in us you know, at the same time as I've coached a number of people to look at the 
introductory to a higher power can be a higher self. Like, what would you like to tap into if it was your higher self guiding you? Um, and um, what do you think your higher self would say is the next right step or, or right action to take? Um, and so, you know, it always occurred to me that it was very much like the history of the Masons that that you could belong no matter what denomination you might be from, as long as you believed in a architect of the universe, um, mm. that there was something greater than ourselves in charge. So I would just like to ask or have you ask me a question that I'll ask of the mother piece deck again. Um, something to do with the higher power or um, finding a higher power in recovery or because mm. that's another thing that I'm just wanting to say is um, you know I, I worked actually one time with a VA who um, stopped working with me because she was very religious and the um, work that I do with metaphysical readings she was like I, I really can't have anything more to do with you. Um, mm. And I was shocked that that was the case. And then there was one time when I tried to put up a cost for readings on a website and whoever was in charge of the e-commerce said that it was like a psychic scam that blocked me from mm. for readings on my website. And I was like, oh my God, you know, it's like, that's not my way of thinking about all of this so mm -hmm. what question comes to your mind Lori when you think for the general recovery community about a higher power mm. I guess what pops into my mind from my own experience is uh what stands in the way of it? Like when someone comes to the community and they're like, what, why are the, what, God, what, you know? And even though someone tells them, you know, look, you don't have to call it God. It doesn't, it's like, yeah, but it's God on that poster there, isn't it? You know, it's like, well, that's historical reasons. Yeah, but it's still there. You know, there's a lot of uh, difficulty and resistance we can encounter. And, um, or we can feel as if we're being, you know, we're, we're trying to be made to believe in something. And so I think I, I would ask the cards, you know, what can help me open my heart to a higher power or maybe something like that. Yeah. I like it. Um, you know, what can help me open my heart to a higher power, to an understanding. Um, it's the shaman of swords. The shaman of swords. Yeah. Interesting. So that would be like the king. Like the king. Oh, um, wow. So the messenger cards. So our first messenger card of the evening. Mm -hmm. And I often talk about the, uh, the 
the three parts of Tarot, the major arcana, the messenger cards, and the minor arcana, which all of our cards tonight have been from the minor um, part of the deck, which is more practical and daily. And the messenger cards or court cards, um, you know, all of Tarot really stemmed from a card game um, that later became our playing deck of cards minus the major cards. Mm -hmm. um, so they have all the minor cards and the court cards. Um, and um, anyway, the um, the shaman is representing the king or the highest of the messengers. And in this card being the the highest messenger of swords is the communication. Um, and it's showing this um, blue light coming out of the, the mouth, the voice, and, um, and circling with this um, red orange color and a plant that to me looks a bit like a butterfly. That's a little bit of a reach because the butterfly is the symbol in AA of transformation. <laughs> um, what I often talk about when looking at this card is healing the throat chakra um which is that very uh cobalt color blue and every color of the chakras is um healed by its balance in color which is the orange color of creativity the belly chakra mm. so for me um this card is saying speak your truth um be creative and would do you can you state Lori again how you asked the question? What can help me open my heart to a higher power? A higher power. So my response is it's reminding me of a, a group that we used to do when I worked as a counselor in a rehab, which was to create your own image of a higher power, if that higher power could be anything you wanted it to be, and it mm -hmm. could do anything you wanted it to do for you. Mm -hmm. So that's the blending yeah. the, the creativity, the imagination yeah. with voicing what you would really want, and then just acting as if, which is a very common um, message to all of us in recovery is, you know, um, try it on, you know, try it on like a, a set of shoes. Um, yeah. And, and when you stated the two interpretations of speak your truth and be creative, uh, I mean, I really resonated with that because I mean, the creative part you've already talked about, like, I remember one group, they had us write a want ad <laughs> for a higher power, like, you know, as if we were hiring somebody, you know, we, we did lots of different things. We drew pictures, we, you know, so definitely unleashing that creativity, getting away from old baggage of what, you know, old tapes we might have been given about what a higher power means, you know, but speaking your truth. And that's really important because what I immediately interpreted it as uh, came up as being honest about everything that's going on with that. So like, for me, it was really important for me to be honest with with my with my peers with my sponsor with this about the problems i was having 
you know, be honest about my feelings and my resistance and my thoughts, not just like smile and nod and be resentful on the inside. So the, the speaking of the truth, you know, and because keeping it in, you know, doesn't help. And I just think that was the most amazing card to come up. I, I think that is awesome because for me, the King of Swords is definitely about truth. It's about clarity, seeing through illusions, and there's a maturity to it. Um, I can't think of, you know, I, I can't think of a better card to combat that sort of, well, no, I won't, you know, kind of thing we all have in us, you know. <laughs> you, me, any addict is rebellious or <laughs> contrary to, I remember one person said, um, I'm allergic to alcohol and being told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Laurie. This has been so much fun. And uh, thank you, Erica, for standing by. And I don't know whether we'll be doing more single card readings for people that want them. But I love that the idea that's coming to me, Laurie Lynn, is um, having a topic about recovery and using the cards as a way to further the ideas. Um, Oh, well, I had uh, I had a lot of fun using the cards to address a couple of the things we talked about here. For me, the fantastic thing about tarot is you never run out of questions to ask or ways to interpret the cards. And I'm really enjoying the two of us doing it, Nancy, because we're two different people, two different uh, you know backgrounds in our studies, two different vintages in the sense that you have a lot more experience with the cards than I do. Uh, And yet there's always, when we blend our perspectives, it's always, you know, comes out as really interesting and rich. And it's a great metaphor for communication and, you know, the importance of uh, having different perspectives. So thank you. Thank you for having me again. So, and uh, to the audience, uh, if you like this and you want us to do more, it sounds like Lori Lynn might be interested too. And um, and we'll see with what frequency we can come back. And when you look at the um, at my website, nancyadare.com, you'll be able to find all the episodes of Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores. And the show notes will also tell you about um, how to contact you, Lori Lynn. Is there anything that you'd like to say on Facebook live right now about how people might be in touch with you if they want to do a reading with you or in any other manner? Well, I'm still in the early stages in terms of actually uh, giving readings for other people, even though I've been studying for years, I only recently felt that it was right to start reaching out. The best way is to send me an email at tarotconversations at gmail.com. I would be happy to talk with anyone about it. Um, my style is more psychological than predictive. I'm not good at finding people's keys. You know, we'll just try to find a part of yourself. All right. Until next time, this has been Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores with me, Nancy Adair, and with Lori Lynn Armstrong, my very special repeat guest. Do you suppose we'll hear stories about addiction? We might. Oh. Stories about recovery, too? 
Mm, but mostly stories about how addiction turns smart, sensitive people into liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Liars? And thieves? And gluttons and whores. Oh, liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. I'm Nancy Adair, the host of LTGW, where we explore the stories from the dark and the light side of both addiction and recovery. Our show is currently free to listen to and it's advertisement free. Therefore, we're relying on your support to keep bringing you these powerful stories.